I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. You know, so sometimes when somebody makes a debut on the program, I'll ask them like I miss used to do. But like three or four favorite songs. So I say to Nancy, what do you like? You know. So it turns out she's a big alternative rock fan, like Rage Against the Machine. All right. Yeah. But she loves Hootie. Because I know you know this, but Darius Rucker, Hootie, and the Blowfish, that band is from South Carolina. And, of course, Nancy Mace is one of our country's best politicians, Congresswoman out of South Carolina, making her debut right now on Sid and Friends in the Morning here in New York City. Thanks to Frank O'Hara, mind you. Here's our friend Nancy Mace. Nancy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, New York. <laughs> good morning to you. You told me last week that, um, you know, Charleston, some of the areas that you do very well in, in your victories, a lot of those folks are actually former New Yorkers. Isn't that right? They are. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. The number one place people move from to South Carolina to Charleston is New York. And there are a lot of a lot of y'all down here. You come down here, you travel, you visit, you tour, and then you never want to leave. Well, <laughs> so really, we appreciate your well, investment down but here. But it's every city. It's every state across the country. Mm-hmm. We moved to yeah. your state. We moved to Tennessee. We moved to Florida. Anywhere to get out of uh-huh. here. But that's uh, that's more of the blue city, blue state issue, which we will get to. You know, the thing about your your state, uh, Nancy, which I appreciate is, look, Tim Scott mm-hmm. running for president, he's from your state. Nikki Haley running for president, she's from your state. Guy like Lindsey Graham, I love Lindsey for so many years from your state. What mm-hmm. is it about South Carolina that you guys make great it's, politicians? It's something in the water. And I'll tell you, Nikki and Tim, not only, not only do they live in South Carolina, but they live in South Carolina's first congressional district, which is the district that I represent. I go to church with Tim. I'm friends with Nikki. Wow. <laughs> and then Trump's uh, director in South Carolina is my campaign manager. It's like this one giant love triangle down here. But we, we produce great leaders for our nation. And I just think it's the water. <laughs> Maybe something <laughs> we're drinking in the water. But um, it's pretty awesome to see that kind of leadership in the presidential election. Very cool. Yeah, so uh, you're a Trump uh, supporter then, yes? 
Am I what? A Trump supporter? Yes. Well, he, I, I worked for him in 2016, his right. first race. Right. Uh, he and I don't always see eye to eye. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, stories about that in the press. But um, I appreciate, obviously, his policies, his politics. They were great for the country. We had tax cuts. We had the lowest unemployment rate in the nation, in nation's recent history when he was president. Uh, he was a good leader in that regard. He really was. So when I spoke to you last week, I told you the day before, I spoke to Larry Kudlow, who also worked for the president. You know that. Uh-huh. And uh, we talked yeah. specifically about the debt ceiling bill. And Larry mm-hmm. said, listen, Sid, it's unrealistic to believe in the first shot you're going to get everything you want. To be honest, he said, I think Kevin McCarthy did a really, really good job and got us a lot of stuff, including a two-year wait on increasing spending that most people couldn't get. So was it perfect? No, but it's a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So then I speak to you, and I'm like, oh, she's going to be with Larry. And you're like, that was an effing horrible bill. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, truly, it was effing horrible, Bill. And you were told that you were going to get spending cuts. You were told that it was going to cut the deficit. But when you look at the underlying numbers and you realize that it's going to add $17.3 trillion to the debt over the next decade, what did we actually get for that? Because we're, Biden is signing into law record high levels of spending set during the COVID era. And so when I looked at the bill, I read it. I read it twice. I then tweeted about it. I stirred the pot last week because everyone thought I would be with the, you know, with the rest of the chamber. But it ended up more Democrats voted it for it than Republicans because they read the bill. They saw what was in it. They saw the debt that we're putting on your kids and your grandkids. And we just, if you're going to make a cut, then make a cut and tell people the truth. And that's not what, that's not the bill of goods that you were sold in D.C. last week. But is it realistic to think if you're going to make a cut, make a cut? I mean, there's another side that has to agree on that, that you don't really believe. Mm -hmm. And I know, and I heard Chip Roy and Matt and and, um, Marjorie Taylor and uh, saying pretty much what you said. But you realize there's another side that has to agree. I mean, did you you really believe in your heart of hearts you would get all that on the first try? Well, you have to give some things up. I mean, you have to negotiate. You have to build consensus. But Republicans gave away everything. And when they say, well, it does X, then you find out two pages later it does Y and there's a loophole, right? And so there are loopholes. There's so many loopholes in this thing, it'll make your head spin. And so, like, I I went to the Citadel. I was the first woman to graduate from the Citadel, the military college of South Carolina. And they taught us that a cadet doesn't lie, cheat, or steal or tolerate those who do. I was the opposite of Marjorie Taylor Greene last week. Chip Roy was a great leader uh, in telling the folks, telling Americans what was truthful. So was Mike Lee and Senator Rand Paul because we didn't want to lie to the American people about what was in this thing and what was it. And when you read the fine print and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't go along with this. And you have to negotiate. But Democrats got everything that they wanted and then some. And there's got to be some give and take and some negotiation and some consensus building. But that's not what this was at all, in my opinion. Well, some people, Nancy, are so mad at Kevin McCarthy, mm-hmm. they want that seat vacated. Are you going that far? No, I'm not. I think that's premature at this point. But it's going to be problematic towards the end of the year when we look at the appropriations process and what Republicans promised would happen. And, you know, there'll be some probably some good bills that pass out of the House. But when they get to the Senate, because it wasn't put in writing, it wasn't put in the bill, it wasn't put in a contract and black and white signed you know, by Congress to say, hey, we're going to do this. 
And when people see that there are so many ways to get around the caps, there are so many loopholes, they're going to realize that they were sold a bill of goods that was false. And we shouldn't lie to the American people. We should tell the truth. And already there are senators that are trying to uh, manufacture emergencies, whether it's spending in Ukraine or military defense spending, trying to find um, supplemental emergency spending measures to go around the fake spending caps that are in the bill. They're already doing it. And so I think by the end of the year, when we see what really, truly happened, people realize they were fleeced. This is the great congresswoman out of South Carolina, Nancy Mace, who will announce her run for the presidency in four years because they all do it, whether it's Graham <laughs> or Scott or somebody. Um, tell me this. When you first saw Biden fall off the stage, the Air Force Academy, uh, what, were you, what was your yeah. first thought? Was it, oh, my God, I hope he's okay? Was it, oh, here we go again, here comes Kamala? What was your first thought? As a mom, I winced, right? I mean, that's you're looking at a grandparent or I think about my own father who's 82 years old and he has, has trouble with walking too like that. Oh. But I winced because I said, you know, I looked at that and I said, my gosh, I know how hard it is for my elderly family members to get around. And this is the president of the United States. This is the image that we're projecting domestically and abroad and around the world, this image of weakness. And he may be very smart, be with it on some days, but then on other days, he's just not. And I don't believe that's what the American people want. And when you look at the polling, even within Democrats, 60 percent or so don't want him to run again. I mean, he should be enjoying his days, looking at the surf, enjoying retirement. Um, We need a leader who's going to be strong because you got China on our tail. you got Russia on our tail. Iran, we found out there are possibly nuclear bunkers that they've got deeper underground than we thought previously. Saudi Arabia is cutting their oil production this summer. We need someone who can negotiate with folks who are not our allies right now, who are adversaries. And you don't get that much confidence and hope in a guy like Joe Biden right now. So I feel bad for him, honestly. You do. You feel bad for him. So if you feel, yeah, ba- I feel bad. So if you feel badly for him, then uh, his mm-hmm. wife, Dr. Jill, doctor of nothing, by the way, Dr. Jill, that's spousal abuse, no? Got to be. Spousal well, abuse. I mean, you look at, I just, I look at how we're trying to take care of our family and our elderly and our family, and we're just, you know, the fact that, you know, he's, this is happening. He's made a force to stand on stage. He tripped over some sandbags like that, he possibly injured. He hit his head on the helicopter on the way out. I mean, I just, you know, it's really sad to watch. It's hard to watch. You know, as a mom with parents that are older and aging, like, it's very difficult to watch. So are you a fan of the Gamecocks or the Clemson Tigers? Oh, goodness. I love the Citadel. <laughs> oh, I know. It's a great school. Yeah. Yeah, great school. I'm not going to take a side because our the fans of both teams, they love their teams. I love the Waffle House. How about that? I'm a high school dropout. I dropped out of, out of high school when I was 17. My first job was at the Waffle House. And if they had a football team, I'd be there. But uh, Is that I right? Love, You're a you know, high school dropout? Yeah. I dropped out of high school at 17. Sure wow. Became a, my father said, if you're going to stop going to school, you got to start going to work. And I took up a job as a Waffle House waitress on the side of the interstate. Waffle House. Great place. Great place. Yeah. <laughs> We've all stopped there. great after midnight. That's where all the good stories are. <laughs> you know, there's a great New York Giant player. He's a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. for many, many years. And his name is Harry Carson. And he went to South Carolina State. A little school, right off of I-95, really? I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know that school, uh-huh. right? Yes, yes. You guys are loaded with sure great colleges, a lot of places that sell fireworks, Waffle Houses. 
everywhere. <laughs> every every interstate exit has got a Waffle House. It's amazing. It is. It's a great state. And then you get like Hilton Head, Myrtle Beach, like mm-hmm. all these really beautiful areas. I know Charleston's a lovely town too. My wife and I love that show. Um, uh, so uh, what is it? Uh, Southern Charm on the Bravo. You know Southern those, Charm. and you know those mm-hmm. guys, right? Yeah, I know. I know a few of them. Sure do. Uh, it's a it's a fun show. It put Charleston on the map, and uh, we have good food, good cocktails, good golf, good surf. I'm actually watching surfers and dolphins right now uh, before I head up to D.C. for whatever uh, week we have this week for boats. But um, it's a beautiful place. You know, it's funny. You say it, put it on the map, and you're right about that. But mm-hmm. you know what really put Charleston on the map, and it's devastating and sad, was Dylan Roof. Yeah. Right? Yep. Is that fair to what say? A horrific, horrific. Yes. What a horrific time. He was a white supremacist, lived in the middle of state Columbia, and bought a gun. Shouldn't have been able to do that because of his uh, cr- criminal record. But came down to Charleston and murdered nine black church members at Mother Emanuel eight years ago um, this month. And uh, terrible time in our state's history. But um, that's one of the reasons that I've been very passionate about violence, especially gun violence. I'm a Second Amendment person. I carry wherever I go because of the threats I get on my life. But, you know, things like strengthening our background checks or uh, making sure that bad guys can't get guns and following the laws that we have on the books and being smart about being responsible gun owners is where we got to go in this country to keep our kids and communities safe. What about these assault weapons? Are you okay with those? Because the AR-15 is not an assault weapon, Nancy. You know that. Yes. No, I'm not for banning guns at all. But, you know, in fact, my kids, we were near a mass shooting in Charleston about, I guess, about six weeks ago. We were a mile down the road and we didn't know it at the time. We left the house six minutes after the shooting. Six people were shot. Thank God the police were there. They saved all six lives. But as we were approaching the shooting, we didn't know it. We were about a block away six minutes after, and we saw all the EMS and all the police cars. And out of the mouths of babes, I'm a single mom. I got two teenage kids, and my kids were in the car. We were watching all this go down. And they said to me, hey, Mommy, where's the Amber Alert to let us know we're near a shooting? And so one of the measures that I'm leading this year is a, is a bill that would allow our law enforcement to be able to notify people within a, a vicinity of where a mass shooting is, that's just common sense. So there are things sure. that we can do yep. that don't violate the Constitution but keep people safe. That's just one of many measures we can take. On the way out, what is your confidence level right now that a Republican, mm-hmm. Trump, DeSantis, any one of those folks, Scott, I don't care, Haley, wins the presidency in 2024? I think it's. I think we're playing jump ball in 24. Uh, I think wow. it's going to be a total toss-up, 50-50, which is why it's going to be so important that we have a ticket that not only appeals to conservatives and MAGA and Republicans. We need a ticket that will appeal to independents, centrists, moderates, folks that are that are not always with us, but that will vote with us with the right policies. And so. Um, I'm looking forward to a vigorous primary. We'll see what you know happens over the next couple months. And South Carolina's first in the in the South. Yep. And so I imagine they're all going to be coming through. They'll do Iowa, New Hampshire, and then South Carolina. So cool. Hearing what they have to say, but we got to have a strong ticket, a very strong ticket to win in 24. Well, you were an amazing guest. You were an amazing guest. Thank you. Amazing. So when all the uh, <laughs> folks come to South Carolina, will you come back with me? Oh, my gosh. I would love to come back with you. You guys are awesome. My mom listens to you all as she well. Does? I mean, <laughs> yes, she does. She's, she's in New York? She's been to you for years. Sid. No, she's in Charleston. But, um, but she's been listening to you for years. When I told her this morning, she's like, oh, my gosh. No, you're not. Um, but very familiar with your show and loves it. She was oh born in God. Newark, by the way. She won't want me saying that. Uh, <laughs> but what, what, I've 
roots up in the Northeast, like oh. a lot of people in South Carolina do. What is, uh, what's your mom's name? Her name is Anne, Anne with an E. Anne with an E. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. I love you. Your daughter Nancy's terrific. And I mean this, you know, you talk about Republicans not too MAGA, being somewhat centrist, common sense. Everybody. Everybody. I, I see that mm-hmm. for you. I see it for you. Somewhere down the road, Nancy, you could be that one. <laughs> you could be that one. I mean it. Thank you, Sid. You're very generous. I mean it. Listen, great job today, and we'll do it again very, very soon. You were great. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. The great Nancy Mace out of South Carolina. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.